Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. Today I'm here with my mom as always. And we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Miley. She is a brand strategist. And so she's going to talk to us today about creating a brand and, us- and using social media to grow your business. Hi, thank you guys for having me on here today. I've been so excited to talk to your listeners all about creating a brand, using social media to build their business and all the right things to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that... In today's world, I mean, pre-COVID, so much was already online, but I think now it would like sped up what was probably bound to happen anyways, where entire brands and businesses really can just live online. Brick and mortar obviously is like department stores are dying, but they still have online presences. And I think small businesses too are probably following, it's probably much it's less overhead to have an online brand. So I think more people are probably interested in starting their own businesses. Yeah, the online space has just grown so much, honestly, over the past decade or so. People are starting online businesses. And not only that, but with everything going on with the pandemic we're experiencing this year, a lot of people are taking their brick and mortar businesses to the online space, like you said. And all of those people also need assistance to do so. So that's where online service providers come in as as well. And just everyone's getting game from this online world that we're seeing today. Do you think it's possible that the market will become too saturated with online businesses? Like there's just so many options out there. Do you think that's a thing or? I I think that's very true. But I think every person who starts working online, also we will need help from other people working online. So as more people join, there's going to be a need for more people to follow them as well. So I don't do you th- think the space will ever grow too much. Do you think the people who get the help from um, businesses like you are more successful than those who just try to do it themselves? Like when they get that professional help? Um, I wouldn't say they're more successful, but what I found is the main men- benefit of hiring a mentor is it saves so, so, so much time and energy and a lot of money in most cases too, because just think about how much time, energy, and money you waste with trial and error starting a new business, trying to figure everything out. And there's way too many resources available to juggle nowadays that it's really hard to focus on in on one specific pathway. And I think um, kind of circling back to what mom said about the oversaturation, I think that what you're talking to us about today is kind of a way to combat that and growing you're creating your brand and you're going to talk to us about niching and things like that. And I think if, if 50 online boutiques pop up and 40 of them don't have very strong branding or they're not a very good presence or they're not doing it correctly, it's not really saturating a large market. Correct. Yeah, that's really true. Like the power of niching is, 
the most powerful tool in marketing. Niching is basically just what sets you apart from the other brands in your industry. Yeah, we found when we decided to do this podcast, looking for information and stuff, it was just so overwhelming because everybody has good advice, but they don't want to just give you the advice. So we're constantly watching videos from different um, people who are supposed to be the place to go, but there was just so, so much information. It just became just way too overwhelming to even focus in on any specific bit of information. (laughs) But I think with that, we can probably just kind of jump into it on like what niching is and why it's important if you want to start, if that's a good place to start, you think? Okay. Yeah, that's the best place to start. Niching, well, the reason you want to niche is because basically you can't do everything for everyone and you can't provide everything for everyone. And so niching down is how you get to the best service or product that you could possibly provide. So can we back up a little bit even more? If I've never heard of like a niche, what would you say a niche is? You can think of a niche as like your specific little tiny personal corner of the industry that you Mm -hmm. own. So it's the, even if you do the same thing as if you make cold brew coffee and there's a thousand cold brew coffee places, it's what makes yours different. Yeah, exactly. Like work is pretty similar across different niches in an industry, but having a niche will allow you to have more leverage and attract more clients. Got it. In a way that it kind of makes you the authority. Cause like I said, it's like you own your own little corner of the industry. Like, well, you figure out your niche by figuring out who you want to work with and what you would do. So you mainly narrow down your audience. So for example, I'm a business strategist for holistic small businesses. So that's how I narrowed down my niche. Another example would be if you're a virtual assistant, you can be a virtual assistant for influencers or whatever you want it to be, but that would be how you niche it down. You have to ask yourself who you want to work for, what exactly you want to do for them. And when creating a niche, what you want to check is, is is your niche even profitable? Like what's the norm in the industry? Ask your ideal client like what they would pay or if it's even worth it to niche down to. Yeah. And before we, before we were recording, like when we originally talked about you coming on the podcast, something we talked about that I thought was really interesting was that the idea of when you're looking for your niche, you might have a great idea for a business or you might think that this is going to be a great idea and it might be, but if there's no need for it or you, it's not anything different or you don't really have anything to add to it, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a great step to take as a business and you're not quite to the place of starting the business yet. We need to sit in like the brainstorming stage a little bit longer and focus on that niche, like you said. Yeah, like part brainstorming stage, like part researching stage as well. If you aren't making any sales with your product or your offer, that obviously means that you need to pivot. And in order to do so, you need to talk to your ideal client and see what they actually need, what their pain points are, what their desires are, what they're struggling with in Mm -hmm. their business, for example, or how a product could help them talking to them one-on-one will help you niche down more than anything. So then when, when you're looking for your ideal client, 
I mean, for what you do, a lot of it is obviously your business strategist. So you're doing everything online. So I'm sure yours is going through social media where let's do like a fake scenario. If I have a product versus more of a service, I think that might be easier to kind of mm-hmm. explain to use in this example. What is the best way to talk to people about it? Is it to start an Instagram and see if you get some followers to jump to Facebook, talk to people, you know, where do you find your Uh, So you don't need to be on any type of like professionally set up or professional looking Instagram account to go and reach out to people. What you need to decide is who your ideal client is. Decide, not really decide, but think about what their demographic would be, where Mm -hmm. they hang out. Not everybody's ideal customer or client hangs out on Instagram or Facebook. A lot of them are on LinkedIn or Pinterest, other places. So you need to go to those places and just send them a message and nicely ask them um, what their struggles are and if they need help going deeper on that point. You can always find people on Instagram through hashtags on Facebook. You can join Facebook groups that your ideal client is a part of and just ask openly in the group. Like for example, if your product is a yoga mat that you're selling, maybe you can join some Facebook groups about yoga and post in the group, hey, I'm working on developing this product and I'm really looking for some feedback. Anything helps. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think post that's, in the group and see what they say. As you're saying it, it sounds like such an obvious thing to do. And it's honestly something that I don't, I feel like I don't hear that many people doing. But I think that all goes to show the kind of changing world of business and where we're doing market research. Yeah, it's also overwhelming and confusing to me because although I love Facebook, I don't want to spend all these hours of every day, although it seems like I do sometimes. <laughs> but how do, how do you do it without spending a ton of time? Or does it take time at the beginning to narrow down which groups benefit you? Um. It really depends what questions you're asking and what answers you're trying to find. You can really limit it to like, I'm going to get feedback from 10 people this week and that's it. And just keep going until you reach that goal. As far as like creating engagement goes, you can only like devote 10, 15 minutes a day and be completely fine. Oh, wow. So you kind of have to use goal setting to get where you want to go. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. And I think if you're in, you know, development stages, getting in those Facebook groups and doing stuff like that, I think it probably is worth it to take the time to find out if anyone even wants it or what we think people would pay for it before you start making your yoga mat only to find out it's not what anyone wanted. Taking notes. (laughs) You're going to start a yoga mat business? Yes. (laughs) No, because I am not doing yoga. Yeah, getting to know your ideal customer or your client so you can create value for them is one of the most important steps when starting your business and going through the branding process. In my opinion, every creator, before they start creating any content, should keep a writing list of their ideal customer or client's desires, pain points, hesitations, interests, and values. Mm-hmm. So you're always speaking to directly what they are feeling right now in that moment. 
Well, and I think that's just a sales tactic in general. Even if you don't own your own business, if you're ever in any kind of sales position, it's if I come to your house selling tacos and you wanted steak for dinner, it doesn't matter how good my tacos are, you wanted steak. And I think this kind of is that same idea of like, you've got to be, if you're giving, if you're going to the people who we already know came here to get tacos, they're going to buy the tacos. So I need to be talking directly to those people. Right. Exactly. And you want to provide the solution to their problem, not to your problem. And maybe your problem is that you wanted tacos for dinner, but that's not their problem. Their problem is they wanted steak. Right. And so that should be the solution you provide. Absolutely. This is good information. I'm going to use all this and work on our podcast. (laughs) And mom's like taking it in. She's like, I am. Look, I got notes. I I did. When we were starting the podcast, I joined a bunch of podcast groups. Well, about from like other podcasters with kind of like informational groups. But we definitely could get in definitely some more Facebook groups of people who are looking for the information. Yeah, I think that's our next our next target. So solutions okay. to their problems. That's so we've we were. figured out kind of our niche, our ideal client. We have a good product. Now I'm ready to take it to the next step and kind of start trying to put my brand together and the full package of what people are getting. What is, where, where do we start? Well, mostly I just wanted to touch on the fact that a lot of people have a huge misconception of what branding actually is. Branding, people just think like, oh, it's a feeling and it's a nice color palette and some matching fonts to look go with it. So, so Miley, what is branding? When I think about branding, I just think about like the label in my shirt. Like, so what does that even mean? Branding is everything that sets you apart from the crowd besides for your niche. It is the whole entire mood of the business. It is the feeling that people get when they get your product. It's the feeling people get when they go to your page. It's all of it. Branding, a lot of people think it's just aesthetics, but it's a lot more than that. Having a defined brand message, telling what you believe in is really, really important to the brand. So when we're trying to create a brand, what does that look like? What does go into it? When going through the branding process, the main goal is to gain clarity on your brand message. Because this is the message that you put out over and over and over again. And this is the message people recognize and relate with and resonate with that draws them towards your brand and attracts them. And it also helps attract customers and clients through aesthetics because naturally the brain is just attracted to aesthetics that look nice. So that's why there is a lot of color psychology, palette creation, and different typography little hacks that do go into branding because you are really just trying to attract people to you in that sense using emotion. So what kind of like brand message, what can you elaborate on what that means, what that would look like, what that is? I have a client right now who is a spiritual healer and her brand message is that you can be your highest self. And that is also her goal and her purpose with her business is she wants to help people become their highest selves and connect with their highest selves. And with everything she posts, there is kind of this underlying message that brings you to believe, yeah, I can be my highest self. Okay. I like that. that. makes sense? (laughs) Yeah. And then kind of to that same effect for like in a business standpoint, like that's the feeling, that's the message. What... 
How, on a scale of one to 10, having this cohesive brand messaging and aesthetic, how important is that really, especially online? Um, Your brand aesthetic is important online because it makes you recognizable. When people see your content over and over again, they need to see it an average of three times to even start remembering who you are or even want to start engaging with it. So keeping that top of mind awareness is extremely important, especially with your brand message too. So that makes a lot of sense that like, if we're on Instagram or any other social media platform that like you said, they have to see it three times. I can imagine that if you're posting three, like three pictures and they're not cohesive at all and they're completely different subjects, different color layouts, you might not even notice that it is that same company. Yeah, exactly. When, When you're consistent, people are more inclined to trust your brand. I feel like I definitely believe that. And I can think of scrolling through my own Instagram that that is definitely how I kind of gauge because I get brands in my sponsored posts. I get brands that I accidentally followed or somehow I'm already following that I don't really remember following. And I think that when the ones that I see constantly posting the same types of pictures, I am more drawn to than the ones that kind of pop up out of nowhere. And I'm like, what is this? Get it out yeah, of here. Exactly. Nobody wants to in- invest in something when they're not exactly sure what they're going to get. Very true. Yeah. I teach a consumer awareness class and we talk about advertising and how about 5,000 ads a day coming at us. And that's how businesses get our money because we're constantly being bombarded with just different advertisements. But I guess when we do see the same ad over and over and over again, like Jolly Green Giant, you know, we've grown up with him. So that's the green beans I'm buying in the can. I'm not buying the brand I never heard of. So the consistency, the trust is built because that's who, who we know. Definitely. Yep, because they've done a good job of generating that top of mind awareness. I'm on Instagram. My username is Miley Hannah, M-A-I-L-E-H-A-N-N-A. Um, I post business and mindset tips all the time too. So if you didn't want to get in touch with me, but you maybe wanted to learn more, you can go ahead and give me a follow on there. Yeah, I follow Miley's Instagram, obviously, and she posts stuff almost, I don't know how many times a week. I feel like I see it like probably two or three times a week. Miley's posting something. She's always posting on her stories or on her feed. Great tips on where to start, kind of those little hot tip for you've got 30 seconds to learn something about your business. I think Miley's a great follow. I don't like Instagram. You know what Miley told me before we started recording too, that not all markets live in both in either platform. Some people are more on Facebook and some people are more on Instagram. Yeah. You got to figure out for your brand where your clients live at. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot that live on Pinterest, LinkedIn, YouTube. You got to figure out where they're hanging out and then harness that social media. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at AskMyMomPod. We greatly appreciate all your support.